Fritz, welcome to the Leadership Dynamics Podcast. We're excited to bring you the tools and resources used by dynamic, high-performing leaders to communicate effectively, grow their influence, and take their companies to the next level. Let's dive in. All right, here we are, another episode of Leadership Dynamics, and I apologize, we haven't been here for two weeks. That's okay. But, no excuses. <laughs> We just had a lot of stuff going on. Anyways, so, you know, we've been talking a lot of leadership and development and tools and know yourself to lead yourself and know your teams to lead your teams and and a couple of the other tools that we've done because I think we're on like episode 27, 28, so we've probably talked about 20 tools at this point. Sure. So today, what I kind of wanted to discuss was the the business journey and the health of business as a whole. Because so many times we look at P&Ls and we look at marketing dollars and we look at performance and we look at different stages of the business and we look at in our employees and we look at our leaders and we look at our just our products and our services and there's an aspect that I think we forget sometimes and that aspect is the human and even when we're discussing a P&L and how we can improve our profit and loss statement we forget that the behind the P&L is a human. And maybe sometimes the focus shouldn't be on cutting costs or, you know, let's, let's enhance this or sell more of that or market better in this to improve our P&L. If there's a human behind the P&L, then maybe we should be shifting a focus towards the human and the performance of that human because I, I think everybody that shows up to work wants to work hard and wants to do well. Mm-hmm. Where I think we get stuck is that sometimes they don't feel that they have the space to perform that way or there's, there's frustration Because the stat that we read yesterday blew my mind. So in 2021, May of 2021, there was a stat written that 84% of employees feel a strain, an anxiety, a mental health or mental wellness pressure Mm -hmm. at the workplace. That, that is astounding. And then we wonder why businesses are having the problems that they're having. Yeah. So, yeah, there's your tee up. It's okay. I, you know, well, we, cause we're talking about the human aspect here, and I think we read so often that over 80% of people that go to, go to a job are unhappy with their position. And the reality of that is is that they are probably in love with their job um, but it's the people and the processes around them that become stressful people don't stay in 30-year careers because they don't love their job people usually will leave because of the people 
So that just goes back to that, that human aspect of it. And then with the stat that Fritz just shared with you, it is that basically everybody is suffering in silence. 80, yeah. 80 plus percent of the population is suffering in, in more than one way and not, um, not able to actually talk about it, express it, or certainly know who to reach out to to help. And you know, that brings me into this open door policy piece that we hear a lot about. What does that mean? Are you a company that is has or preaches that you are have an open door policy or maybe that you are, you know, veteran friendly or I guarantee you don't have the tools that are required to be able to have those conversations. And so as much as we want to preach that we have an open door policy, what does that mean for you? What is your open door policy as a CEO, as an entrepreneur? Um, or as a mom or a dad or somebody well, that is just, you know, in this life, what is your open door policy? Well, and, and let's just touch on that open door policy a little bit more. If you're going to say you have an open door policy, mm-hmm. then you have to be willing to make the commitment to that open door policy. It's not something we can just throw around anymore. It can't be an attraction to why you should work at a company because they have an open door policy. Please explain to me in detail what that means and what your commitment is. Because I know how I would interpret an open door policy. It means that any time I have an issue, no matter what, I can entrust that I can come to you and share with you and that I won't be judged and I will be helped to continue to move on at any point and period of the day because it's an open door policy. Hmm. So if you have an open door policy, please, what are those open door hours? They can't be all day long. That's not feasible. I know, I, and I understand some people would want that, but it's not feasible. Mm-hmm. The next piece is commit to it. If you're going to have it, you have to commit to it. And it has to be a judgment-free zone. It has to be a safe place for those that want to come because the mental wellness that surrounds the workplace right now, it is actually becoming and has become a business metric. Mm -hmm. Mental wellness is an actual business metric. So if it is now a business metric, that means that it needs a different type of attention. So it needs to be part of the communication. It needs to be part of the business plan. It needs to be part of the contingency, the survival, the succession, the what you know, the training, the schooling, the skills. The it needs to be part of all of that because mental wellness is a soft skill, mm-hmm. and it's a culmination of a lot of soft skills. But ultimately, when we talk mental wellness, we are talking resiliency. Not that we resist, but that we have the resiliency. We have the power to make it through things because we have a tool set that we can rely on that doesn't put us into a downward spiral. It keeps us moving either stagnant or forward, but never backwards. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we need to be talking about. That's what we need to be attempting. So with this open door policy, please, if you're going to do it, 
state what it is and commit to it. I think that, you know, so Fritz likes to tease me a lot for, which it's become a really cool thing for us to do is to dive into what certain things mean that we use, you know, the words and the sentences, phrases that we use on a regular basis. And so this gets really interesting when we start to notice a pattern and what we're saying and what we're using. What does it actually mean? So I looked up, what does open door policy actually mean? What is it? And we know it is what we were talking about, but let me take you back in history and let me share with you what open door policy actually is and where it all came from. So the open door policy was a major statement of the United States foreign policy issued in 1899 and 1900 (laughs) intended to protect the rights of all countries to trade equally with China and confirming multinational acknowledgement of China's administrative and territorial sovereignty. So, is it really what we're saying it is? (laughs) Or are we once again using language that is noisy, that makes people have good feels about things? So, what do we commonly know it as now? Most companies use an open door policy And it indicates to employees that a supervisor or a manager is open to an employee's questions, complaints, suggestions, and challenges. So the objective is to encourage an open communication with feedback and discussion about concerns the employees have. That obviously is the one that we're speaking about, but knowing the origin of what we speak is really, really important. So get curious about that, kids. But, you know, it started before the turn of the century of what does that That's mean? crazy. It is. Now that you've not. So in actuality, it's kind of similar to what I said earlier. It's a place, it's a safe place for employees to come where they will feel no judgment to complain, to voice an opinion, to ask for help, to share something that's going on with them that's preventing them to work that day. Yeah. Because I know that there's a, a common request right now of, I need a mental health day. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? But I also know that there's people out there that unfortunately take advantage of people that truly need mental health days and saying, I need a mental health day because they just want a day. And they know that their employer cannot question it the minute you say, I need a mental health day. There is no question at that point. But there should be a conversation of, Mm -hmm. how can I help? And that's a really good segue to a thought I just had about this. this, The origination 100 years ago of this open-door policy is that when it was, when the policy was increased... Um, it increased the influence of another country. Hmm. So think of this in employee, employer, respectively, that you're allowing the influence of your employers and, and employees to have an opinion, either A, about the business or sharing pieces of their life that maybe you don't want to hear about. Regardless of either one, you must have the tools in order to connect with that person, to create that trust, and to properly set up boundaries within the workspace. So an open door policy doesn't mean just, I'm gonna walk in the door and I'm gonna act however I want to. No, 
It is not, but it is a good starting point for an employer who cares truly about the betterment of their people and their culture to give them the tools that helps helps them and helps their culture to get healthy. And we're looking for that healthy mindset that you can actually leave your job um, to go home and, and continue to carry on that healthy mindset because being one person at work and being another at home is two very different things. And we talk about it as different things, but we need to not do that because we're not two different people. Right. And so the point to the influence of another is that if we're not careful and we let it get out of control, that death can happen within an organization. It can happen within a family. It can happen, and I mean death as in the dynamics of whatever you're going through because you're not allowed to share it or you have influence that is not healthy, you can cause that to really fail. So we must be very conscious of what we do with this information. Oh, that's that's so well-spoken. Thank you. Because it just, to summarize and just to kind of tie this whole thing up, um, you know, Kim and I work very hard at the direction and the approach that we go into companies and governments and, I mean, whatever it is that we're going in front of to, to help. And, you know, it's funny because we do leadership development, we do sales training, we do marketing help, we do executive coaching. I mean, it all falls under the category of business, right? And the unique thing is that we always make sure that mental wellness is the driver and the center to everything we do because of how I stated it at the beginning of this podcast. Behind everything Mm-hmm. In life, there is a human element, yep. and we need to be shifting our focus to that human piece so that we can start growing and some of us can start healing. Because the suffering in silence is becoming too large, mm-hmm. and eventually it will get out of control. So, if you're wondering what the next pandemic is, It is not another variant of the coronavirus. It is mental health. It is mental wellness. That is the next pandemic, my friends. And if we are not doing the things now to prepare and get ready for what's coming, we are going to lose severely, and it's going to hurt. So it's not going to be financial impacts that people lose businesses over. It's going to be the fact that their human capital is going away. That's right. So listen, uh, we'll see you guys next week. We love you. And uh, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode provided you with valuable insights and actionable steps as you grow in your leadership journey. For more information on this topic or other leadership tools and resources, visit our website at rewireddynamics.com. 